Before we get into the video, shout out to our sponsors, Subside Clothing Brand. Subside is a new, up-and-coming clothing brand established in Bristol that is looking to add something different with their clean designs that celebrate their roots. You can find the link to all their social medias in the description of this video. From the Terrace Podcast and Subside Clothing Brand, it's a match made in heaven. Support the boys, support the grind, shop Subside. Hello and welcome back to the From the Terrace podcast and to another edition of Champ Talk, a long-awaited one at that. Me and Regan have been away for a few weeks. Busy dissertation season, hasn't it, Regan? He's got it in. He's got it by him. We've, we've, we've submitted. We're, we're, uh, we're basically there. And um, it's time to talk championship football. And we're going to review the final game week. Plenty of action. There wasn't much to happen at the top. Nothing to happen in the playoffs. But there was plenty to happen at the bottom of the table, Regan. That's where we're going to start. Derby stayed up, Regan, by the skin of their teeth. Derby free, Sheffield Wednesday free. Thoughts on the game? Thoughts on Derby staying up? What it means to them? And whether you think they deserved it? Well, they might not stay up after all, but, uh, based on the current investigations. But this just go on the fact that they are up and they're safe. Um, lucky lads, lucky lads. It's just um, the only reason that they are up is because that they're on the day there are three teams worse than them. And um, the fact that during their slide they were, they had some occasional games of, of goodness that they're not currently getting ready to play League One football next season. But yeah, it's uh, incredibly underwhelming because um, I remember when we talked all the way back at the beginning of the season. I know some people said that Derby were going to win the league, they're going to get the playoffs, etc. And um, yeah, the complete opposite has happened. But at the end of the day, they've just got a little bit of individual quality. Like I look at players like Patrick Roberts, for example, who, who end up, ended up scoring uh, on the day. And it's, it's just a shame, especially uh, for Sheffield Wednesday, because obviously they would have stayed up if it weren't for the point deduction. And they got a few good results under Darren Moore towards the back end. But also for obviously another team, which we're probably going to mention because I, I found a lot of respect for them. Um, but Derby just lucky lucky at the end of the day and I think they're going to have to have providing they do stay in the championship they're going to have to have a lot of a lot of things a lot of talks about where their club goes from here because they can't stay around here that, that that's not a team that should be on the brink of relegation so I'm not sure that's the manager I'm not sure that's just they need to overhaul players probably a bit of honesty but yeah, luck, lucky for them and just a shame because Sheffield Wednesday had a lot of opportunities to take the game from Derby, but they just didn't take it. So lucky for Derby and fortunate for Sheffield Wednesday because they finished bottom, which I don't think is a fair reflection of their season. Well, no, it's, it's not a fair reflection of the season. And you say, you say that, well, I mean, they, they, to be honest, they were still poor and a team who was that poor should be going down. But if they didn't have those six point, point deduction, Regan, they technically weren't the third. Uh, uh, Derby technically didn't have three teams worse than them because Sheffield Wednesday would have stayed up um, had, had they not had the point deduction. So Derby were technically a bottom three side this season. And we did mention that Rooney looked good when he first took over, but that um, terrible run that has been uh, um, documented very well on social media and everything um, has put them in the position they are. I'm interested to see where it goes in terms of ownership because Wayne Rooney has said um, that that is the most important thing for the football club. They need to sort ownership out. Eric Alonso is interested in buying the club. There's queries about whether he can actually buy it. It seems a bit, everything seems a bit up in the air, but then that needs to be sorted very soon. Like you said, they could be in for a point deduction next season, depending on um, how the EFL review goes of that situation. 
So it's it's not all rosy for Derby despite staying up. It feels like they were lucky. And they, in, in the end, Regan, you said they had to rely on the quality of Patrick Roberts. They also had to rely on the experience of Martin Waghorn. And I'm interested to see your views. And we'll obviously go into um, another time. But whether you think that going forward, Derby should be relying on these this young crop of players that they've got and maybe just going fully down that road? Or do you think that maybe this has showed that sometimes experience is needed and they need to invest more into some more experience into that squad? How do you, what route do you think is the best for Derby going forward? It's, it's hard to say. It's a bit of both because obviously for your longevity of your club, you want to focus more on your youth because that's ultimately what your team's going to be in a few years' time. But when we saw, especially when Wayne Rooney first took over, he was experimenting with the youth and it didn't go well. But he put a really, really old team out um, and they won, they won a good game. I can't remember what it was exactly. But they, they actually put a really good performance in it and they won a few games. I think they may have even won a back-to-back with that same team. Mm. So it's proof that you know, the old still works. And I, I, I said it, I, th- I believe I said it when we talked about it like a couple of months ago. A bit of both probably helps. Um, I mean, obviously, it didn't, didn't really help this game. But you, you, you see signs of it that um, with the young, especially on the same pitch as, as the old, um, they, get, they gain a lot of experience where if he just chucks all the youth out at once, you're like, well, what are you really learning from this? Where I think if you let the old go out and then let the youth learn from them and then maybe integrate some youth into the team further down the line and then slowly, slowly bringing in more youth. And so when they've all learned together, they're all a bit older, they're all more mature and you can probably get a good team there. But yeah, I think that now they need, they need, it's, it's an all right mix at the moment, but obviously they, I think they need a bit more time. Be interested to see what they, ha- what they do next season because if they keep going youth, 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 and then like Martin Wacom, for example, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Yeah, and for thoughts on Sheffield Wednesday because obviously it was, it, was, it was a game that epitomised the championship, epitomised EFL football. Um, two teams that needed different results and one was endemly, ultimately going to end up disappointed and it was Sheffield Wednesday on the day, although they gave a very good account of themselves. What do you think of Sheffield Wednesday going forward? Then, how, how, how do you think? What do you think of them this season and uh, overall? Like, do you think they've disappointed themselves with the squad they've got? I'd say so. Yeah, they've they've got some individual quality in the team, but I think we saw we saw from the outset that it's just just something wasn't clicking with them. Uh, we couldn't really pinpoint what it was, and I think. Now, now looking back, at it, I feel like the appointment of Darren Moore obviously hasn't gone swimmingly, mainly because of um, mainly because of his pneumonia, etc. Um, but I feel like that appointment was mainly looking towards life in League One more than life in the Championship. Mm. Where if that's the case, then I, I don't agree with that because obviously we, they survived until the last day. But yeah, it, it's an it's it's well, it's not on the right season. It's they gave it a good go towards the end, but. Yeah, it wasn't great, and now I, I do fear for them because obviously they've got some they've got some quality players in that team that I don't expect to stay around. Even though I don't think he's amazing, I don't think Jordan Rhodes will stay around. Maybe not Callum Patterson, and definitely not Barry Bannon. If no. he's if he stays in League One, then the world has gone mad because he's a Championship, maybe even borderline Premier League player. And touch so, on Barry I, Bannon, I, I think that's a player where obviously he signed the contract extension, but a lot of people didn't expect him to sign. I think that is maybe him repaying the faith that's been put in in Moshe for Wednesday and that he is going to be a cash grab for them this summer because they're going to need to reinvest in some different players. Obviously, they've got a good enough squad, but a lot of those players are leave and they're on high wages. 
So it's going to be a bit of a, a cold shift. Darren Moore will be getting in his own place. And I think Barry Bannon, although despite although he's one of the older players, he is still a good cash grab for them. They could, you'd expect to get a couple of million pounds for Barry Bannon, someone of his quality. And like I said, he shouldn't be playing in, in League One. But yeah, Wednesday have got a bit of a rebuild on their hands. Um, a team that doesn't have a rebuild on their hands, but it feels like they just have to go again. And it must be getting tired for them is Rotherham, Regan. They were ultimately relegated thanks to a Marlon Pack goal in the 88th minute. If Rotherham had won that game, things would be different. Um, it's, it's, it, it feels harsh on Rotherham because we said they had um, a really good run of fixtures. They didn't live up to the bling at the beginning and then they gave it a good go at the end, Regan, but they ran out of steam. And it was, they shift, there's just those couple of games you look back to, the Birmingham game, the Coventry game, just picked up another three points. They would have been safe. Um, a little bit too late for Rotherham and you could see Paul Warren was visibly distressed after the game and he was anguished at the, 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 how they fell just just short. Um, is it, do you think it's the same again for Rotherham next season? Um, it, it, like Just looking at it briefly, do, do you think that team will come again and, and be promoted from League One again? Yeah, if they have the same team, definitely, because um, like, like you said, they just ran out of steam towards the end and that in part was due to the heavy fixture congestion they had, which obviously you got to feel sorry for them for because ultimately that can't be helped at a time where at a time of COVID and then you have uh, five or six games taken away from them. You have to play them such a short amount of time with the limited squad you have. It's obviously going to take a toll towards the back end. And you could see that in the latter stages of the Cardiff game. And even the games before that, even the Birmingham game towards the end, they really were, they really were struggling. So you, you can't, you can't say that, you could say it's a bad season for Rotherham, but you've got to feel a bit of sympathy for them because um, if they had a full strength, if they had full strength, they were going weak Saturday game, Saturday game, Saturday game. Uh, I would, I would have, I would have said that they would have been fine, but ultimately they weren't. Um, but yeah, I think if they, if they keep the same team, because we saw we saw numerous times that this season they gave a right go to teams higher, teams way higher up than them in this league, mm-hmm. and I think if they keep around the same team, which I think they should. Because I'd imagine there's a belief at the team that COVID has done us over here. And I think that if they all stay together, I don't see why not they can get right back. Because they're, they're a good team at the end of the day. And finally, Regan, just so we can recollect on the teams that won't be with us next season. Wickham is the final one. And they won by three goals to nil at Middlesbrough. They won 3-0 at the Riverside against Walnuts Borough. Force on them, because we've been quite... Despite we know their budget and we know... They were never really given a chance to stay up. We felt we were left disappointed by Wickham a lot of times this season. But to be honest, towards the end, maybe when the pressure is off, they've given it a real go and they've actually finished third from bottom. Maybe an overall reflection on how their season's gone and what you expect from them uh, and what you expected from the beginning. Have they out? Have they outdone your expectations with the points tally they've um, managed to get? Or do, or do you still think that they could have done more to stay up? I don't think they could have done well. Uh, a, a bit of both. They, they, they definitely surpassed my expectation because every week when uh, the early weeks I was going to say they're going to break the record for the least amount of points in championship because they were destined for relegation to League Two then they got promoted and they didn't change a single thing about their team. So I was like, well, this is going to be an absolute disgrace. This is going to be a, a, an S show, I guess you could say. Um, but they, they gave it right go towards the end and I, I messaged you afterwards. I said they've got to give credit to them. But what could have been if they actually cared towards the front end of the season that uh, still Gareth Ainsworth I don't think many interviews have stuck into stuck in my head 
more than Gareth Ainsworth's fund says, oh, we're just happy to be here. Imagine if that team cared towards the front end of the season when they were getting hammered by Blackburn, etc. They, they could have even been 19th, 20th place because the, the signs of the back end of the last few games, they've been absolutely brilliant, I've got to be honest, which I never thought I'd say. So if only they cared, they would be in a lot better space. But it's another, it's another thing where if they carry on this form towards League One with the same team, they could, they could be right back up here. But I could see some players leave because performances at the back end of the season, I would, I would take a risk on them if I were a championship team. But yeah, it's, it's a shame for Wickham if only if they cared because I've got a good credit to them. But ultimately, if you don't care in this league, you're not going to get anywhere. So goodbye. Yeah, I think I think some maybe care. I get where you're coming from with that word, but I think that's it may be potentially harsh. But I think what you mean is the belief in in some in some ways, and it felt like they gave no belief at the beginning of the season. And like you said, now you look how close they got to staying up. If they had just had more belief in themselves at the beginning of the season, they may have um, they may have potentially stayed up, which would have been an amazing story. And I am also interested to see what the likes of. Maybe an Ik Piazzu, who he's not a goal machine by any chance, but he showed that he can play at this level. And a couple more players have. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether that Wickham team stays together. And one thing you could you can say about that Wickham team is the team unity they have and and the culture Gareth Ainsworth's built there. So I wouldn't be surprised if that whole unit does manage to stay together. But it'd be interesting to see if one or two move on potentially and think fancy themselves at another shot at the championship. Regan, reflecting more on the final day, then we talk about the relegation sides. Um, just a couple of results to pick out of the air. Um, say let's go to Brentford. We're going to discuss separately the playoff races in another video. But Brentford winning by three goals to one at Bristol City. And I think the significant thing here to mention is that Ivan Tony did break the championship goal scoring record. 31 goals, 10 assists this season. We are going to do an end of season review, like I said. But... <sighs> Just sum up Ivan Tony's season for me. What do, I think that's the thing we've got. To, what, what, how do you think he is? I mean, the statistics suggest the best championship striker there's ever been. Do you think he's the best player there's ever been? Do you think it was maybe harsh to give Wendy a player of the season over him? Or do you think Wendy did deserve it? I'm just interested to see your thoughts on, on sort of Ivan Tony's season as a whole. I think there's probably two words to describe Ivan Tony this season. And that's pen... Mer no, it's not. It's, um, <laughs> He's been brilliant. I don't. It's weird to say that after one season, can I give him the best championship player of all time? Uh, not sure. He's definitely he's definitely the the best new signing of of all time. He's probably the most. Actually, no, he's not the most impactful because Ollie Watkins is kind of doing a similar thing. Um, but he's definitely he's definitely the best signing, definitely in recent history for the championship because the way he's come in, there were doubts over Brentford's goal scoring capabilities. And he's obviously coming and going, you know what? I'm going to take your Ollie Watkins goal-scoring record and I'm going to up it by quite a few. Um, would I give him player of the season? I don't know. Um, just because uh, I I usually, I'm one of those people that if your team wins the league, obviously I think one of your players is going to win player of the year. Mm -hmm. And Buendia was obviously a standout player. So I, I, I'd, I'd agree with Buendia, but obviously you have a massive argument for Ivan Tony. But yeah, he's been brilliant this season, and it's just interesting to see what he can do in the uh, in in the post season, I guess, in the playoffs, because um, obviously Ollie Watkins did step up on few occasions in the uh, in your first playoff games against Swansea, but obviously shied away in in the uh, in the playoff final. So it'll be interesting to see how Ivan Tony takes it. Um, but what could have been as well, 
because I messaged you afterwards. Adam Armstrong finished like what three, four, five goals behind. I think he finished three goals behind Adam Armstrong on twenty-eight in the end after that um, thumping of Birmingham on the final day. Exactly, and I think after that, I can't remember how many games he went without scoring. When Blackburn are in really low period, I know there were shouts of Tony Mowbray to go, etc. Imagine he scored just two or three more during then. Because I don't think we should, I know we're talking about Ivan Tony, but we shouldn't shy away from just how good of a season Adam Armstrong had as well. But yeah, Ivan Tony's a, Ivan Tony's a record breaker. And looking at the quality of players that are coming down, etc., and the quality of players in the championship at the moment, I can't really see anyone, maybe anyone get near that, apart from a certain player from Stoke. But that's for another time. Uh, but I think that Ivan Tony's record will probably stay for a long time. And it should, because he's been absolutely brilliant. There'll be plenty and more opportunities in the future to talk about a certain Tyrese Campbell. Um, I'm sure there will be. Now, uh, hopefully, obviously, he's back from injury next season and all fine. Um, Regan, we are going to have our own end-of-season review where we'll go more in-depth on every team's season. But I think we'll finish off the final game week review on the result of the day. Coventry 6 Millwall won. That is the Millwall side, but had previously thumped uh, Bristol City 4-1 the week before. So a result that I don't think many saw coming. It's not like Coventry to score six. Uh, six different goal scorers as well. I think it's a, I think it's um, quite a fitting way to maybe review, like I said, we'll go into more depth, how Coventry have done this season. The game, six different scorers. Coventry have been impressive, haven't they? And what Mark Robbins has done there has been amazing. And I, do, do, I just... It would be nice to see them back at the Rico Arena and Coventry with fans and everything in the championship next season. But start to me what you thought of Coventry so far this season because it's been a season with lots of ups and downs, isn't it? Well, let's just say that they've been the best team at St Andrews this season, which is awful based on the fact that that's not even their home ground. But yeah, when I think of Coventry, I straight away think of their home form because it's been absolutely brilliant uh, for the most part. And... um, I'm not going. I'm not going to talk too much about this game because it, it, it's it's pretty much a it's pretty much a nothing game in my eyes. Um, but Coventry have really shown brilliance at some points of the season because I mean it takes it obviously takes a lot for me every week to say if they're playing at home I back you because that's the confidence I have in you because even I'm pretty sure I even back them against teams like Swansea etc. Maybe even against Brentford because I really do like the way Swansea play. Uh, Swansea. I don't like the way Swansea play. I like the way Coventry play. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see. I'd like to see them carry on next season, but uh, obviously it's going to be a transition period away from St Andrews back to Rico Arena. Um, but that could just be a that could just be me thinking of excuses as to why they might not do as well. Ultimately, now they're back in front of their own fans, they might do even better because now they've got um, the Coventry faithful behind them. But it's a very successful season based on the fact that you finished above teams like Forest, uh, Huddersfield, don't count, uh, Bristol City, and Birmingham. Uh, so I'd say a successful season and I've liked the way they've played, but interesting to see how they carry on next season because and it's another team I actually don't mind watching. Yeah, well, exactly. There you go. Like you said, it was a nothing game and ultimately a lot of these matches were. Um, so that's why it's such a brief episode. But I think the reason I wanted to touch on it was the 6-1 win. It just epitomised, I think, it was a nice way to sum up Coventry season. The team that I've Often teams come up and they play not the nicest styles of football a lot of the time from League One. You're thinking your Rotherham's, although we respect Rotherham's budget-wise and we respect what Rotherham do. We like Rotherham. They, it's not sometimes easy on the eye. Coventry have been easy on the eye. They've been enjoyable to watch. You never knew what you were quite going to get from them some weeks. They were had some inconsistencies, but that's what makes 
them all the more entertaining. And I really like Coventry, and I'm happy they got that fitting end to the season um, for their first season back at Championship level. Anyway, Regan, that is our thoughts on the final game week of the Championship. It was a memorable one at that, um, especially down the bottom end of the table, I think, particularly. Um, we've had some better ones in the past, but we've also had some worse ones. It was a I think that Derby Sheffield Wednesday, the Wednesday game just summed it all up, really, in terms of what the championship has to offer. But Regan, as it is our final normal season champ talk, I think you're going to have to give us the review on the predictions. How have the predictions ended this season? I've given it a good fight in recent weeks, but I've got a feeling you're going to say it was in the same vein as Wickham Wonders. It wasn't quite enough. How have we ended? Um, I'm not sure if I'm being stupid here, but I actually don't know the number of like individual games that have happened um, this season. I believe it's some somewhere Probably around some sort of research we should have put in there, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's. I think it's around like 512 or something like that. So around what 200, 206, 200, no 256. Sorry, would be uh, 250 percent record. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, no one got that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've once again posed the question, why do you watch us? Because well, obviously we, we don't know anything about what we talk about. Um, but also that's just the nature of this league and just how unpredictable it is. Um, I'll, I'll run through like a highlights, I suppose, or lowlights of, um, of, of, of the prediction so far. We've had, we've had a, uh, I think the highest week we had was when Bill scored nine, nine in a week, which is pretty good. Um, but then we also had a week where, uh, if, I, if I could find it here, that, oh yeah, week twenty-eight. Bill scored three, and I scored seven in that week, which is probably the uh, which is probably what was the turning point. And then we also had a week where Bill scored three, and I scored eight. Um, so I think that was the turning point. And from uh, probably around week twenty-seven, so almost twenty weeks ago now, it was pretty out of reach for Bill, uh, where it reached twenty. But he clawed it, clawed it back towards the end, and he did actually he did win the last game week. Um, so congrats uh, about me, Regan. I finished strong. Never heard anyone say that about you, anyway. Um, but well, it do- doesn't matter in the end because, like I said, from probably like week two, it was it's never in doubt, and uh, it finished two hundred twenty-three to two hundred thirty-seven. So at the point, it was like twenty-two, and you got it down to you got it down to fourteen. So congrats, but ultimately, it was it, it was rather stress-free for me, in all honesty. Yeah, both of us were under a fifty percent record, but I guess we go again. And 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 it was. I think there was there was times where we sh- this championship season, like we said, has been a mental one in terms of no home advantage. It makes everything so much more difficult to predict. And um, I think with the likes of Derby being down there, it shows that no and Barnsley being in the playoffs, as we'll get onto. Uh, no one quite knew what was going to happen. As is the glory of the championship. Anyway. That is the final episode of Champ Talk uh, regular season over and done with. We will have an end of season review and our predictions for the playoffs coming up shortly, as I mentioned. And if you did enjoy the video, remember to like it, subscribe to the From the Terrace podcast YouTube channel, leave us a rating on iTunes, follow us on Spotify. Why don't you? Just so you're ready for next season's content. And me and Regan will see you in the next Champ Talk.